So today, we're talking about connection. I just, we, we shared it last week, I'm just going to finish, and pretty much so many of you weren't here last week, and, and uh, uh, just going to kind of repeat some of what we talked about and have a couple other things that I want to share. But we're talking about connection. It's our, it's our, these last couple of Sundays, and, and again on Wednesday night, um, and uh, I believe we'll be able to, you'll be able to sign up online if you want to sign up online, we'll be able to do that this week also. If you not, if you're still considering and haven't signed up here, you'll see all the. You can go look at all those, and then you can sign up online. You'll have the ability to do that too this week. So, so our connect groups are vital to us. They're they're important. Um, they're important because it's not enough just to come and hear the word preached and say hi to people, and then you're in and out the door. You you, you it, it's vital. The Bible says. Do not forsake the fellowshipping of yourselves together of this, uh, with people of the same precious faith. Well, you don't know the faith that they have. You don't know their stories. You don't know things about them until you get to know them. And it's vital. In spite of one another, we need each other. You heard what I said. You know, in spite of each other and our differences, we need each other because our differences should strengthen us instead of weaken us. We don't want to just connect with people that just think like us. We want to be challenged by, by certain things. And that's why these connect groups are so good. And I just want to go through Scripture. If you've been around here through the years, you know these Scriptures. But the Bible says you don't know them like you think you, you know them and, and like you need to know them. And being put in remembrance of these, the Bible says, is very, very important. Um, <clears throat> in 1 Timothy 3... Because, you know, what we're doing today, we're, we're talking about what's important and what's not. Just plain and simple with, with, with connection to the body of Jesus Christ. When you're connected to something bigger than you, then you're going to flourish in what you do. And that's what the church is for people's lives. Learning about what's important and what's not important. What's important is to be connected. To be connected to what? To the house of God, the church of Jesus Christ. In 1 Timothy 3.15, it says this. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. I'm going to read it again. But if I'm delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church. Old Testament, it was the house. New Testament, it became the, the house of God became the church, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. Um, in Ephesians 1 and verse 21, it says that the church now is his body. We are the body of Christ. All over the planet, we are the body of Christ. That's why, as the body of Christ, we have to live and operate the way He did. We have to have faith and confidence in Him like no other. We have to believe that what He said is true and that what He said He has done is already done. And when we see things that are manifesting around us that don't line up with the way He said is so, then we have to believe that what He said is true and not what we see, hear, and feel. You have to work overtime at that, folks. I'm just telling you, you have to work overtime. Because the information highway that we live connected to today is full of all types of negative things constantly. I, I was 
I, I go on a, about a monthly, uh, every four or five weeks, I have to do some things in helping my, my father out, and, and, uh, and he lives in New Mexico, and so we go there, and there's a number of people that help take care of him, uh, home health care people, which are really great people, and, uh, but just people in general, people in general, if they see something a certain way, then that's the way they call it. So when I was there this time, I've decided, had, had some ideas about, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create for these people, and, and not all of them that are working with him are born again and necessarily understand God the way I understand God. So you have to kind of, you don't water down the word, but you water down the approach of how you give it to them. And so what I'm going to develop is something that they can speak over him and, and put one of those, you know, those things, you know, whatever it is, like somebody's speaking something with a, with, a, with a line through the middle of it, you know, no negative talking here, right? And what I thought I'd share with them is, is that one day when I was in a doctor's office, I was reading a, D, a Reader's Digest, and science has proven that negative words kill things, science, Negative words kill things, and positive words bring life. And, and they, had, they, did a, they did an experiment for 30 days with a plant in a room, in, in these two different rooms. And in one room, they watered it, took care of it, had light, everything was exactly the same. And in one room, a person would go in for one hour a day and speak negative things, like literally cuss at the thing and tell it it's worthless, it's never going to grow, it's never going to do anything. And the other one they spoke life to. And in 30 days, they showed the pictures of it, one was wilted because of the words that were spoken over. And so I thought I'd, all these home health care people, that I would give them this information, that this is what happens, and I want you to see yourself speaking life over my father. You, you understand? So we have to, our responsibility, the reason that this church is good, the reason we're good here, is because we believe this, and we teach this, and so we're changing lives one person at a time and if your life is changing then it's changing with people around you I just have to tell you this story um, <clears throat> while back I was at my dad's at, and 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 I grew up in that town so I know a lot of people there and and when I lived there I wasn't born again and so they knew me like that and now you know over the years they've gotten to know me a little bit different you know but you know I don't preach to people or do anything they ask me questions and so one day I was, I do, when I go there, I try to take my dad places and we go out to the golf course and we play golf and do whatever. And I was out on the golf course and, and uh, one of the guys I've known since I was a little kid, he said, I have a, I have a, I think he said a theological question, I think is what he said, meaning a spiritual question. And he asked me this, he asked me this question. He said, why would Jesus Ask the Father not to forsake him on the cross. And yet, the Father didn't forsake us. It's a pretty good question, huh? And this is the answer I gave him. You know why I could give him this answer? Because I know him. Because we keep doing the same thing. As Sandra said earlier, you know, being faithful to something is doing it over and over and over, even when it seems like nothing's working. And here I am standing with this very intelligent man, 
very successful businessman, and we're standing in the middle of a green, and there's people behind us, and if there's somebody ready to hit their ball on the next hole, you need to get off the green. And we're standing there, and, and I said, you know when Jesus was in the garden, and he said, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done and accomplished. And he goes, yeah. And I said, you know what happened? He, his flesh got to him. He was all God, but he was all man. And I said, right then, his will and the Father's will were not the same, and yet true submission happened right there when he said, but not my will, but yours be done. That guy looked at me and he said, do you believe that? I said, yeah. You believe that God forsook his son? Yeah, for me. And this guy's been in church since he was a kid. And that guy's life will never be the same. And you know what he said to me? I've never heard anything explained like that ever in my life. And he walked off the green, and the rest of the day, it was just, the rest of the time we were out there, it was like, it was question after question after question because he's hungry for the truth. The reason we are people like that is because what we're connected to. Being connected to gates of the city is connected to the truth of God that we will never back off. When I shared with you, when I shared that definition of derelict, and I was sharing it about somebody doing something forsaking his country, a lot of you thought I was going to hammer some people in authority. Can't do that. Can't use this pulpit to do that. It's an injustice. I don't care what you think, how you feel, how you hate somebody you don't like. You, know, you shouldn't be hating anybody, but how much you think you hate somebody or what they've done. I, I mean, I, I can't change certain things that have happened. I wish I could. I mean, some of the things that have happened over the last few days, i got some personal opinion about it, but I can't preach that from this pulpit. We have to preach the Word because the Word is our salvation. And when you've got a guy asking you a question like that, you got to have the answer. And the only way you'll have the answer is that it's working in you, that you really believe it. Can you say amen? That's why the connection is so vital. We're the body of Jesus Christ in the earth. That's who we are. Jesus said this in Matthew 16. And you know the story, and I read it last week and talked a little bit about it. But we're just ju jumping to verse 17. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. So what you want to be a part of is a church, a local congregation, that, and you want to be a part of them on purpose so that the gates of hell don't prevail against you. See, what we are at Gates of the City, we're not the church, we're a part of the church. He said, I'll build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. So you have to build it with His Word only. You have to build it by His Spirit only. No preferences, 
No opinions. I mean, we've all got opinions, but then they have to all boil down to what does he say, what does the word say, and then what does he say specifically in every given situation, just like that storm out there. What's he telling you today? I encourage you, you go pray in, in the spirit, go pray in tongues, ask God. Father, you have, me, you have something for me to say. See, Jesus never said anything. What would have happened to them on the boat had Father not said anything? They'd have toughed it out. We'd have had a story like, you know, they toughed it out. Jesus prayed in the Spirit, things worked out or whatever, because he wouldn't have stopped the storm had Father not said. So how many other storms were there in the three and a half years of his earthly ministry? We didn't hear about any of it. Anything else that he did. Right? So in three and a half years, probably there were some other storms. It matters that we build on what his word says and what his spirit reveals to us. If we're not doing that, we're not a part of what he's building in the earth. That's why being a part of Gates of the City is so vitally important to your life. You're supposed to be here. You're supposed to be planted in this house. Then your connection to this house is what you have to value and embrace and make sure that you're a part of the things that connect you like our connect groups. Once a month for a couple hours. Not a huge investment But it is an investment because it will connect you with the people of the house and give you other times that are not connect group times where you might share with you because you get to know somebody and think, hey, you know, I I might like to have coffee or dinner or something with them or whatever it is and get to know people stronger. And then when you know people in ways, you can help them. They can help you. You can pray for them. They can pray for you. You can get together and agree and pray for the body and for the other people and those kind of things. You get stronger and stronger when you're connected to the house through the other connections and the things that are vital to you believing in what you, you are connected to. Can you say amen? amen. So we want to be a part of church life on purpose so that the gates of hell do not prevail against us. Gates of hell do not prevail against us. As a tither, as a tither, the Bible says that God rebukes the devourer on your behalf. And when we know that that's true and we understand everything about that because we're connected to the house, then we enforce that rebuke on a day-to-day basis. Man, he's rebuked. I hear his voice, I do what he says, and I worry about nothing. (laughs) That's one of my most powerful confessions that I speak every day. I hear his voice. I hear his voice. I mean, mean, you know, it doesn't hurt you to say it 150 times in a day, something like that. There's probably not a day goes by that I don't speak that at least 20 times a day, sometimes closer to 100 depending on things that are going on. Bible doesn't say stuff's not going to continue to be stirred up. There's stuff in the future. But I hear his voice. I do what he says. And there's not one thing in the future that I'll worry about because he's got my back. He's got my sides. He's got my future. He, he, he leads the righteous. Steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. He's not leading you over the side of a cliff. 
He's not leading you into a COVID situation. He's not leading you into some disease that's going to take your body out. He's not. Just talking about what he says is true. Can you say amen? Matthew 6 and verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy nor where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If, you're, if therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad... Your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, or it's darkened, how great is the darkness is the question. He said if your eye is bad, if what you're seeing is not good, if if what you're you're seeing and receiving, because when when you see something, like if I'm looking over here and I look over, oh, and there's an iPad right there, I just saw an iPad, what did I receive? An iPad. Right? That's what I received. You're not hearing anything, and all of a sudden you hear somebody talking negative and bad. What are you doing? You're receiving what somebody else is saying. If that's darkened, get, we, let's get rid of it. That's why I'm sending that to the people that over, help, help us to oversee my father. I'm sending those things because I want light being spoken. Amen? When we speak things in a positive way, if those plant, if that plant that was cursed and spoken negatively over for 30 days, withered up. I got to get the pictures of that because so, I don't think anybody, I don't think you all are really believing me. I got to get it. I got to get the article and the pictures and we'll put them on the screen so you can see that withered up plant. I read that you, she read it. Man, I, do I have a witness? Woo! Glory to God. <clears throat> Amen. She read that story. You did. Awesome. And so you actually, I think, surely you can find that somewhere on YouTube or Bluetooth or something, you know, some, somewhere out there, there's, there's something you can find that. But, but if a plant's going to wither, what's going to happen with you and I? So see, if that stuff is darkened, if, if, if it's darkened, if it's not, we're not seeing clearly, we're not understanding things clearly, let's get rid of it. Where does that start? Being connected to the house. Being connected through connect groups helps what you have. I'm telling you, it'll enhance your life. You say, well, you know, I've done a couple of connect groups. They weren't weren't really any good to me. Try another one. Go after another one. How many in here, you don't have to raise your hand when I say this. Just just think this. How many in here, if you're going to be a part of a connect group, you're going to do your part to make sure that it's good? Right? Hey, I'll go, but I'm, you know, I'm going to just tear everybody up. <laughs> so if you're going to be a part of Connect Group, make it good. You know? I, I, what's one, one good way to do something like that? I don't know about you, but I hear his voice. I do what he says. And I worry about nothing. So I'm gonna, you're going to go to the Connect Group. You might pray for 15 minutes before you go to each of your Connect Groups then God may tell you something, right? And then you may go, 
and you'll make the connect group even better because you'll participate in a good way instead of just sitting there, okay, do something for me. You know, come on. This is supposed to be great. That's what pastor said. No, not going to be great with you there. Everybody smile. Amen. It matters, it matters how you see church. It matters. It matters how you see it. Because here, we're changing lives, but our change, we don't demand, we don't have constant testimonials. We've encouraged you to send in testimonies of things that have happened because we want to read those testimonies, and testimonies are good, but we don't have to have them to have success. I know the Word is working. You, you, you're here today. You showed up. You, you keep coming back. The Word is doing something because my faith is in the Word, not in how good of a preacher I am. That's not where my faith is. I spend quality time to deliver what I'm hearing from God, but that's not where my faith is. My faith is in Him. Can you say amen? amen. My faith totally is in Him and in the seed of the Word that's being declared today. That's why we read lots and lots of Scriptures. Church isn't something you have to come to. It needs to be something you're honored to come to. Because is this His thing? It's His thing. He's building His church. Gates of the city isn't only His church. Gates of the city is a piece, and I can say it is a piece of what He's building because we're building it on Him. His Word, His Spirit, what He says is so, learning how to hear Him, not just teaching the Word and you just do everything that I said. No, you hear what I said, you go find out for yourself, you judge the Word itself, you allow the Holy Spirit to bring the witness to you personally so that you have something to offer like my friend on the green. In a lot of cases, people aren't ready for your God, but they need you. They need you. They're not ready for your God. Don't shove your God down their throat. Sometimes I've seen it be eight and ten years of just loving somebody, just being nice to them, being kind to them. And then one day, then one day, there's a question, and the whole thing changes. Amen. And I'll just say this as I read this next passage. The Word changes you, <clears throat> and it causes you to see things in a way that makes you a functioning part. i got to say that again. The Word changes you, and it causes you to see things in such a way that makes you a functioning part of what? His church. See, because what would happen today with that storm if everybody in here went home and prayed and God gave every one of us something in this house today, just the number that's here today? gave every single one of us something to speak to that storm, you think it'd make a difference with that? I imagine so. 
See, because it's not just about what I say, because I'm not Jesus. I'm just a part of the body that we all make up. That's why we've got to believe as a house, as a church, as a congregation of people. We've got to believe so we make a difference not just here, but out there. That's, that's really all that matters is what the difference we're making outside of this place. And it takes time to develop that. You're not going to just all of a sudden one day be encouraged and excited about sharing something with someone else. And like I said, a lot of times, it's not, they're not ready for, for the God that you're learning about and growing in. But man, they're ready for you. To do what? What is it draws a person to God? The kindness of God is what draws a man to repentance and, and, and a desire to serve and to live for God. The kindness of God. The only way we're going to find kindness is somebody that's kind. You're rude to everybody because of the way they act. You're not going to get anything. You're not going to get anywhere. All you're doing is just tit for tat with people. People act ugly. You know, you want to slap them. But somewhere you muster up that kindness and it flows out of you. I promise you they may not say anything in front of your face, but they'll leave there and go, what was that? That guy should have been mad. He should have thrown a fit over the way I just acted. They're looking for somebody to react and proves where they're at is where they, they're going to stay until they find somebody that does something in a different way. How do you develop that lifestyle? Being connected. Being connected to something and believing in it. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this about the house. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's what the house brings. Connected to the house reveals and brings the instruction in what's right in every situation. I hear his voice. I do what he says. No worries. I hear his voice. I do what he says. No worries. Why? Because of the empowerment that the Word of God has given my life to be able to accomplish that. To what end? Say that. Say that. Say it again. Say it kind of loud. To what end? To what end? Why are we doing this? Why are we connected to the house? To what end? I said this last week. I'm saying it again. The power to live a trouble-free life. having the power and the authority to live a trouble-free life. Live all, you know, all hell's breaking loose around. You're, loving, you're living trouble-free to help other people live trouble-free. We don't live trouble-free so we can brag about it. We live trouble-free so we can teach other people how to live trouble-free. And the scriptures I'm going to read here in just a moment just drive that point home. In Isaiah 26... In verse 3, it says this, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah or in Jehovah, the Lord is everlasting strength. He's everything, but he's a strength that will never, ever run out. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind 
has stayed on you. Look at John 14 and 1, and I'm just going to bring this to a conclusion today. In John 14 and 1, it says this. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. In other words, don't let your heart be troubled. Your heart needs to be at peace. Perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Him. Who's Him? Him is, is the Word. The Him that we know of Him is the Word through the person of the Holy Spirit. His name is Spirit of Truth. Called to reveal all truth to us. Is that not Him? Well, actually, I'm ahead of myself. I'm going to read that in just a second. He said... And I will pray the Father and He will give you, this is verse 16, I will pray the Father and He will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever. Verse 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and He will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. He will bring to your understanding all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let, again he said it, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's his command. That's the trouble-free life that is intended for the person that is connected to something bigger than them. And that is the church. That's what he is building. Because you know, a lot of times when people think of the church, they just think of a building. Well, this is where the church meets. So, yes, this is the church because this is where the church meets. But if this building just sat here and nobody met here, this isn't a church. This is a church because this is where we meet. This is gates of the city, yes, and it's a building and thank God for it. And we take it serious and thank God for our building and a place to meet. But we're the church. And he said... His command was, be not troubled. So in other words, live a trouble-free life. How do you do that? When your mind is stayed on Him. When what you're seeing and you're hearing, what you're taking in, is what He says, the way He thinks, and how He operates. You stay with that, it's a win-win for you. No matter where you're at today, no matter what you look at today, you stay with that, you keep with that, and you win. Say it, I win. Amen. We're, we are winners as a result of that. He said he would bring to your remembrance all things where he said that. That word remembrance means he'll bring to you what he said with peace. You will remember in peace what he says is so when you need what he says is so. When it doesn't look like what he said is so, what looks like what it, the way it appears is so, but if he said it's so, then it's so, and he'll bring to your remembrance that in the form of peace. On Wednesday night when we were talking about hearing the voice of God and yielding to him, we talked about that word remembrance and, and him reminding us of things in peace because there's so many voices out there, but his voice is not actually a voice, it's a knowing. And that knowing comes on the inside of you with peace that you cannot explain. And that peace is what the Holy Spirit, our helper, brings to us on a day-to-day -day basis where we do not have to be troubled. You notice, that wasn't an option. Eh, you know, you wake up tomorrow, if it looks pretty bad, well, you know, just be troubled. 
If it's not bad, well, then don't be troubled. No. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It's a command. What did he say? Let not your heart be troubled. Then he repeated himself in verse 27, and then he ended it with saying, nor be afraid of anything. How can you do that? Somebody tell me. How can you do that? I hear his voice. I do what he says. I worry about nothing. That's the only way you can do it. There's no other way to do it. I've looked. I mean, I've looked from Genesis to Revelation. There's no other way. You develop the ability to hear his voice, to know what that is, that knowing. It's not an audible voice. It's a knowing. Then you do what you know he's told you to do. And when you do those things, then you cast the care of everything else and you worry about nothing. That's what you have to practice every day of your life in every situation that you face. Every situation. How do we accomplish that? By being connected. And I'll end with this verse. He said in Philippians 4 and 6, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by what? Prayer and supplication. When we prayed for the children and the teachers today, I mean, let, 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 me just tell you, let me just tell you what I've done, okay? So when, there's an, when, when something is fresh, like praying for teachers and students in this area, well then, I pray that, but then I rejoice over that every day. So from here on, the rest of the school season, school year, I will rejoice every day. Father, I thank you that the words that we spoke, and he may give me something else, and when I'm doing that, I'm, I'm declaring that. And what am I doing? I'm watering the seed that was sown. And you know what? When you're praying that way, you don't have to be afraid. Paul told the church at Ephesus, I can't not pray for you, is the way one translation worded it. I can't not pray for you. Because of the word he preached, he had to pray for them because it's the prayer and the declarations that we speak that produces the results. You can talk about it all day long, but we've got to declare that. I mean, there is such a, he said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, there is no anxiety in my heart about something bad happening in our school system around here or the counties around us. That's kind of our region here. We're taking authority. We're going to allow our authority to go as far as we can go for that. No anxiety about it whatsoever. Not confident that just because I prayed a little prayer that, you know, like, and said what I said right there that nothing is going to happen. I have confidence every day that the words that we've spoken, they're out there and they will not return void, but they will accomplish what we set them out to accomplish. That's how when you're busy in that, you're not anxious. You're not fretting over what could happen. You know, yeah, but you know, Pastor, this could happen or that. We're not fretting. We're not focusing on what could happen. We're rejoicing on what God says will happen. And the way it will be, we're declaring that. And remember, it's not enough that I'm saying it. I'm not Jesus. I'm just doing what he said. I'm encouraging you to hear his voice, do what he said, and learn how to not be anxious about a thing. And the more we do it, then there begins to be that tsunami swell 
of the presence and the glory and the power of God covering this earth. That's why we've got to stay true to believing the things that we hear preached. That's why we've got to stay true to developing connection with one another. Can you say amen? Be anxious for nothing. Everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all of your understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. And we could talk for the next three hours on how the things we pray, the declarations that we make, the word that we put out there stands guard over our hearts and our minds. Our victory for these things that we talk about are in the seed of the word themselves. That's why we can't spend time preaching from behind this pulpit dragging other people down that were created in the image of God, whether they know it or not, whether they have any revelation or understanding, they were created in the image of God, and we can't use this pulpit and spend time speaking negatively against other people. We can have our preferences, we can have our groups, we can pray, we can declare things and do all those kind of things, but this pulpit was intended for the Word. And we'll preach the Word till, there's, till the end of time. Can you say amen? From here to we're gone from here, we'll preach the word from this place to make sure that the word gets out, people's lives get changed, people get connected and make a difference everywhere they go. Amen? That's why you're connected to a good place, to a good house, what we talked about today.